Hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is March 10th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits, high hopes. Um, as for me, I would say I'm doing pretty good. Um, work went fast, and I like that. I like when you have like a work day that didn't feel like it dragged along. Uh, I, I gotta say, and we'll just kind of go right into Food Corner, it's probably because of my meal. Like, sometimes you just have a meal so good that it just, it just, you have like a ratatouille moment. Like, and I'm not saying it's that deep for this, but like, I like this about food. I like the magic of that is food, that if a meal hits a certain kind of spot, it could be at a dive bar, it could be at like some fine dining restaurant, whatever, it's just so good, and you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe life is like this. I can't believe we can, like, do this as people just by, like, heating up some food. It's crazy. I don't know. Um, I find food to be amazing. So anyway, um, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> um, I had buffalo wings and rings. I'm realizing that it doesn't sound that spectacular now that I've like, you know, chalked up the glory that is food. I'm like, yeah, I just got wings. But I really wanted some bone and wings, y'all. So that was the quest. And I finally just, you know, ordered some. And I got five buffalo wings. I got five of the bourbon barbecue. And I also got some pretzel nugs, which you know I love some pretzels. And it had like a jalapeno cheese. So uh, I gotta say, it's pretty yummy. Uh, overall, enjoyed the pretzel bites. Those are good. Um, the wings, also good. I I've had uh, buffalo wings and rings before. It's not like a new thing to me. But um, it was just nice. It hit the spot. It was really yummo. Um, and I got blue cheese as well. Also, uh, I know I'm kind of going deep here once again on wings. I'm trying to do the thing now where you, um, like, especially with, like, the, with the flats, where you, like, push down on the wing and you get the meat. And uh, my my hit rate, I want to say, is, like, I don't know, out of five, I can usually get, like, two. <laughs> where I can go, yeah, I did it. And then sometimes I just get, I get too messy or whatever. I'm just, like, I'm just going to eat in the normal messy way. But, um... Yeah, I really enjoyed today. I'm really happy to be here in podcasting for, you know, you all, the world, <laughs> the little people, you know, in the, in the, the interwebs. Um, but yeah, let me go get into some news. From the Associated Press, German gunman kills six at Hamburg Jehovah, Jehovah's Witness Hall. So, um, I feel like we've been pretty good without, you know, not having, I mean, obviously there's been shootings happening in the world, yada, 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 but, um, nothing has been too, too major, but in Hamburg, a gunman stormed a service at his former Jehovah's Witness Hall in Germany, killing six before taking his own life after police arrived, uh, authorities in the port city of Hamburg said, um... So, I mean, this was obviously, you know, a really sad development. Um, and it is rare for, you know, shooting like this to take place in Germany. Um, actually, I think and this is a fact I learned this week. Um, Chancellor Olaf Scholz, um, you know, who's the, like, you know, head of Germany. Um, he was the mayor of this town. So, 
this was something where it was like you know he it, I guess it really kind of affected him and you know, he you know said a little bit more about that but um let's see eight people were wounded including a woman who was 28 weeks pregnant and lost the baby um and honestly I'm sorry I should have um said you know trigger warning here i know sometimes i kind of forget i I don't really give a good intro about what i do um but yeah yeah definitely a trigger warning for this and a couple other at least one other yeah but um a very sad state of affairs you know on top of just you know six people dying and then on, on top of that you know eight people being wounded in the situation um but yeah, and then, you know, of course, the gunman killing himself. Um, I believe that they have identified him as um, Philip F. And he left voluntarily, voluntarily, he left the church. Um, but uh, apparently it wasn't like a clean break. So, um, you know, he had shown, you know, uh, patterns of anger, aggression, and, um, you know, it was potentially, you know, suggested that he was psychologically unfit to own a gun. Um, they do go into what his gun was. Um, also, Philip F. was 35 years old. Uh, it was a uh, semi-automatic Heckler and Koch pistol P30 handgun. Um, he fired more than 100 shots during the attack. And, um, yeah, eventually, you know, he then goes to, um, put the gun on himself. I believe that that's when the cops actually, like, come in. So he's aware that the cops are there, and then he just, you know, turns it on himself. Um, so, I mean, I think that he still would have continued had the cops not intervened. So, good that they did. But, um, yeah, also in this article, they do go into a couple other shooting scenarios that had happened before in Germany. But, um, once again, you gotta state that this is, like, a rare occurrence. This isn't something that happens all the time. Um, they do have, like, a more restrictive gun policy in, um, Germany. And it's even, you know, suggested that they should be even more restrictive. Um, and this is something that's, you know, gonna be talked about. But it is also stated that it's, like what are we going to do like because of this you know potential warning or tip yeah we know we should be like aware but just with the laws there was not much we could have done like and i don't know like i said i've i've waffled back and forth on my views on gun you know control and all that shit um it's a very draining conversation um but um yeah i mean it it's it's sad and, and I definitely don't have any answers here in this podcast. I'm just a dude, um, but yeah, definitely something I wanted to report and talk about. Well, not report, you know, commentate on. I guess I should say, you know, I'm no reporter. Um, let's see, we can move on to the next beat from the Associated Press. Z awarded third term as president, extending rule. So honestly, I mean, this was kind of a like a an inevitable thing this wasn't a surprise or anything like that um literally the votes were you know 100 to nothing like i don't know how to like how else to word it um but um yeah he's he is going to be leader what is assumed to be for life um 
uh, considering that, you know, in the Constitution, they deleted the whole, like, term limit, and they didn't add any new limit to it. So, um, you know, like G's friendship with, um, you know, Vladimir Putin, there's no limits, baby. We're going for life. <laughs> uh, at least it looks that way. But yeah. Um, also, G is 69 years old. Nice. Um, I wish I knew how to say nice in, in Chinese and in Mandarin, but I don't. But, um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I'm sure Ho's mad out there. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's me being controversial, too spicy, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see this as a bad thing. Maybe there are definitely some people who would come for me for saying that. But at the end of the day, I don't know, like... I, I do wish that there was more of a balance in the party, um, at least, you know, from what I've seen and what I've viewed and what I've listened to. It seems that more or less, you know, G along the way has cherry picked, you know, who he wants to stand alongside of him. And, you know, since 2013, since he's gotten to power, like it is very much a tight ship of how loyal are you to me? It's not necessarily of how effective you are in the country and doing what you do like that's great and all i can deal with whatever but you have to be loyal to me you have to toe the line that i want you to toe um so naturally you know when we're talking about like quote unquote totalitarian tol oh gosh let's see if i can say the word totalitarian tol tol i can't <laughs> not with the pregame in me i can't total totalitarian <laughs> there we go that's the only time i'm gonna try to say that um it, it, it's one of those things where it can be an unsettling thing because you have this one man at the helm and he's leading the whole fucking parade. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I personally don't think that that's how, you know, you want communism to be. But I always think to myself that this is a model of communism that you have to have or potentially feel like you have to have in the world where you have like, a whole capitalist hegemon on top of you constantly telling you hey we're fighting we are in conflict or whatever we're going to call it competition you know and the whole thing about this being you know capitalism versus communism and we have to suppress the reds and the fact that 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 vernacular changes but it's always the same um is why i just don't really i try just not to have beef with China. I don't know. I, I uh, maybe that's the wrong take or what have you, but that's just that's where I'm at right now. That's how I view these things. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is to me a little bit of a nothing burger. It's it's something that, um, like I said, matter of fact, it does go into the details of the who's who. Um, let's see. You know, they talk about what Zhao Zhao Lijie, um, who was named head of national people's congress um let's see in zhao is 67 a holdover from the previous party politburo standing community uh, committee sorry uh the apex of political power in china headed by xi um yada 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 um let's see then there is han jing um who is named to largely ceremonial post of state vice president um so all three of these guys they uh, took an oath of office with one hand on the copy of the chinese constitution um and the session also swore in 14 congress vice chairpersons 
So this is a big move, but like I said, we all knew it was kind of coming. Um, uh, moving forward, I mean, there are some things that I didn't kind of cover in general because it's just kind of vague posturing. But um, G on down in terms of like you know the spokespeople for the you know um, you know for China uh, essentially said, hey, the U.S. needs to cool it. They need to cool out. Obviously, paraphrasing here, but they're like, chill out, Johnny, um, because you know essentially with all the balloon stuff. Also, the idea that um, you know China is giving you know lethal aid or whatever to Russia, um, yada, yada, yada. So that, you know, was, was talked about in this article. Um, thought that was like good to mention, even though I kind of, like I said, haven't really talked about that. I try not to bog down the podcast with too much of one thing, even though, um, I gotta say trains are definitely a new arc that I did not see coming. And that is a spoiler on this episode, but, um, yeah, um, China things, that's happening. I thought it was interesting, so I figured we'd talk about it a little bit, but I don't want to come through all this article on the pod. Um, we can move along. There is an update in the, um, J.P. Morgan, um, Virgin Islands lawsuit, a.k.a. Jess Stanley is a weird fucking creep, um, saga. Um, so from the International Business Times, J.P. Morgan sues former banker Staley over Jeffrey Epstein ties. So uh, quick catch up. Um, Jess Staley was a private banking head. Um, and um, essentially he was over, he was secured, he was supposed to handle Jeffrey Epstein pretty much. And... Um, there is a whole email correspondence that was found um, by, like, you know, the Virgin Islands um, uh, team, you know, getting all their evidence and shit. And it's just this whole fucking thing, this creepy-ass deluge of messages of just these two guys just like, oh, man. And, like, they try to use, like, this, like, loose Disney code for like the women they're talking about. And when I say women, I'm talking about girls that were being trafficked. Um, but just like, oh yeah, Snow White was beautiful. Can't wait to see like the next one. Like, is it going to be beauty or is it going to be the beast? Like this weird, weird, cringy, fucking grossest, disturbing shit. But, um, they have this email correspondence and, this is brought to light, and obviously this is very damning for J.P. Morgan, right? But now they're trying to say, you know what? This is fucked up. No, we're right. You're, you're right. This is fucked up. And you know who's to blame? It's not us. It's not our fault, okay? It's not, it's not, J- what is it? Uh, whoever the, the, the CEO is of Chase Bank. Um, you know, it's not, it's not all of us, these people who are supervising this guy and we'd have meetings and we even tried to check him and he said, no, no, Jeffrey's cool. Jeffrey's totally cool. He's fine. And we just believed him, but really he was a, a total, a, totally at play here. He was totally at fault. He was compromised and it's his fault. So they're trying to put him into the lawsuit literally in the sense of like, no, you can't sue us. You need to sue him. Um, I'm curious to see how that's going to unfold. 
I'm definitely not trying to say that this Jess Stanley guy shouldn't be in because technically this is about JP Morgan, but um, Jane Doe, number one, who is also, um, you know, an unnamed person in this lawsuit um, has named Jess Daly and also implicated him saying like, she's seen him. He was definitely involved. So, you know, JP Morgan's also hopping on that as well and saying, look, see, he's culpable. Like we didn't know that. Um, so, I mean, they're really trying to throw him in the river and try to wash their hands of the situation, but they are fucking guilty. Um, a podcast I was listening to, and I will constantly drop them. They're one of my fucking favorites and I don't care if people think they're off or whatever. Uh, true and on. Um, I, I listened to an episode where they, they talked about this shit and something they mentioned is it's like. Do you know the really fucking dumb, sick shit about this is the fact that these email correspondence that they had, these weren't on private servers. These weren't on, like, private emails. They were literally Jeffrey Epstein to Jess Daly on company email. Like, they had access to that if they wanted to. They could supersede it, and maybe they would quote, oh, no, there's confidentiality, privacy, whatever. If you have these suspicions, which was noted that they did, they literally said, you know what? Fish too big. Like, that's what they did. Like, it's bullshit to say otherwise. Like, they knew what was happening, in my opinion. That's speculative. It's my opinion, whatever. But, like, how I view it, I just think that's crazy to think otherwise, that they aren't involved in what was happening like these emails were going across their own dudes like that's crazy so i really hope they get pinned to the fucking wall over this shit um i'm happy to talk about it uh i think is there anything else i wanted to mention oh yeah also um Staley resigned as Barclays chief executive in November 2021, which just goes to show that he was still working up until this point. Like, that's wild. Because, um, I mean, what, it's 2023 now, but that's like two years ago. What the fuck? Um, amid a dispute with British financial regulators examining his ties to Epstein. Epstein's victims are also suing Dutch National or Dutch Bank AG where Epstein was a client from 2013 to 2018. Dutch Bank is seeking a dismissal. Um, and I believe that Epstein left once the heat was too hot um, and Staley left Chase Bank. So, like, he realized, like, no, I like this guy. This guy's doing what I want. He's courting me the way I want. We're moving money together. Things are happening. Because that's the thing you've got to think about then, right? Because... If this is all true in this lawsuit and Chase Bank is culpable, they knew, then you really got to think that Epstein washed his money, this fucking dirty ass, gross ass money that he's using for all this fucking shit through Chase Bank and then into a new bank, you know, that he moved here to Dutch Bank AG. So, you know, I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry about it, but I don't know, things to chew over, you know? Uh, moving along. Chugga 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 Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, from NBC News. Um, Norfolk Southern train derails in Alabama hours before CEO testifies before Congress. Um, this took place in Calhoun County, Alabama. 
um, I it's 2023, and I haven't, I have not been this into trains since Thomas the Tank Engine, and I was four years old, and I I love that. I love Thomas the Tank Engine. That was my dude. That was ride or die. And I don't re- really remember all the rest of the crew, but I vibed with the whole train family. Okay. Um, when they, when they ride I rode, you feel me? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, but fast forward back to now, it is crazy. It's crazy to think about that. We have all these derailments. And like I've said before in previous episodes, like, yeah, when you do all the grand scheme of things, like all these ones, now that we're just looking at them, it seems like a lot, but in the scheme of things, it's a small percentage, but it's crazy to think that you could fix these issues, these important issues that even when you do have these, you know, quote unquote, 1% or less, you know, problems, like are very catastrophic, potentially very damning to the areas where they happen at. And often I got to tell you, these are Ohio issues. (laughs) A lot of these are because it's just a very big transit point. In fact, this train that had uh, a derailment actually left from Bellevue, Ohio. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Like, you just, you should not be having these. You should be less than less than. Like, God damn it. Um, especially when all it takes is more money to improve on your trains, make them better, make them more modern. And then also, probably more importantly, if I got to say, increase your staff, increase your safety. Go back to more rigorous safety standards, which you have to then have more people for. Essentially, why not invest into the company that is making you the money and doing the service, you know, moving this freight that's very important and vital to the country. No, we'll risk it. Oh, it spills. Oh, we have the money. They would rather spend the money on all these cleanups and all this fucking, I kind of want to say cover up sometimes, you know, especially if we go all the way to the East Palestine situation again. It's, it's just frustrating to now that we're actually looking at it, I feel like as a collective, to be like, dude, like, get on this. And then you just have this Alan Shaw CEO dude, he comes up and he, you know, he's, he, he just keeps saying the same shit. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. We're going to do better. But then when you task them to the things that are like, well, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. We don't really feel like that's actually the issue. Um, you know, that's something that like... They just bullshit you. They just do CEO speak. And it's very frustrating. It's very annoying. Because when we're talking about Elon Musk and it's Twitter, that's fucking one thing. But when we're talking about, once again, a, a train railroad, and yes, we are singling out Norfolk Southern a lot, but I'm sure when you go under all these motherfuckers' floorboards, Pacific Union or whatever their name is, CSX, like all of these motherfuckers, um, they, they got some shit they need to work on. They got some shit they need to tighten up. And it, it just shouldn't be something you shrug off. It shouldn't be something you lobby away. And, um, it's a shame that we're really not going to hold these people to the fire. You know it. I know it. Like, all we're going to do is just say, oh, we'll go, we're going to, we'll find them a little harder. That's what we'll do. That, that's going to fix all this. A fine will fix this. It, it just won't. They'll pay it. They'll pay the ticket. They don't care. Um, and, you know, meanwhile, you just have these trains going sideways. And um, you just hope and you be- you want to believe that when they say there's no hazardous materials on this one, it's all good. Everything was dumped. It's just maybe a little diesel. Who knows? 
you hope that's true. You hope it doesn't go into some fucking river or something. You hope it doesn't pollute some shit. I think they said there were some plastic pellets, and then EPA, like, assures everyone. They're like, no, it's fine. It's okay. Like, it's going to be all right. These are just plastic pellets. They're harmless. I don't know, man. Once again, I'm a stupid person. I'm just the guy who is dumb enough to podcast, okay? I can't tell you. But it just all feels funky. It just it don't smell right. It never will. And um, once again, these fat cats just keep getting fatter. You know, these shareholders are being appealed to so they get their cut instead of investing once again into these trains to make them better, to make them more safe. Um, so yeah, I'm going to keep talking about it. And I'm sorry. <laughs> it's China and it's trains. <laughs> and a hell of a lot of Ohio. <laughs> All right, all right. Um, I'm all right. I'm gonna take my break, and then we're gonna get into some heavy shit yet again. Ooh, ooh, wee. All right, we're jamming, and we're back um, from the um, Cincinnati Inquirer. Inquirer? Who? Sheriff. Oh, sorry, my little thing got in the way. Um, sheriff. Mom shot family minutes before deputy, deputies arrived to evict them from foreclosed Ohio Township home. So... This is a really sad local story, but Teresa Kane shot her family members, um, killing three of them just minutes before deputies arrived to serve them with eviction papers as they were removed from their foreclosed home. Um, <coughs> excuse me. This is from um, Sheriff uh, Steve Leahy, Leahy um, on Thursday. The mm, the eviction was a culmination of a long history of financial problems for the family that appears to be the motive of the murder-suicide that left a total of four relatives dead and a fifth fighting for her life. <coughs> um, so yeah, it seems that Teresa Kane was notified about this process and essentially... She says, okay, we'll be ready. Um, we'll be packed up. And on the day, you know, we'll, we'll go out. There'll be no problems, no worries. And um, they're like, okay, great. You know, the sheriff office, whatever. They contact, you know, after that, they're like, all right, good. Um, and then they come again, you know, to check out on the day. And um, they see her on the porch and um she quickly goes inside and they're like okay well maybe she's you know she's gonna go to let us in once again we even i think they contacted her again before they came up seemed like everything was going to be all right (coughs) and in an eviction they do this whole process because they also have like a moving company whatever to take away whatever isn't like packed up or whatever sometimes in evictions people will not comply at all so 
they will be very forceful about it. And, um, you know, the sheriffs have to kind of be there to make sure that, hey, we're going to keep the peace. You guys just got to be here and they're going to move the stuff out and you guys have to go. You, you can't be here. You know, hopefully you have another place. And she indicated like, hey, we do. So this is all supposed to be a-okay. But um, she um, goes inside. They knock. Um, let's see. I'll read some. Uh, a deputy knocked on the front door and then on the back doors. No one answered. The deputy stepped inside the home and called out to her, announcing the sheriff's office had arrived. He heard a muffled, no, 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 followed by a very fast succession of gunfire. Um, she fired five shots in just under 3.5 seconds. Um, ones they now believe were meant to keep deputies away. Um, and then she turned the gun on herself. Um, so they didn't, then they, then deputies go inside the home and, um, I think initially the reports maybe thought, or like when it was conveyed that like, oh, maybe she shot them then or whatever. But that's why, you know, it said in this article that it seemed like she did that to kind of maybe scare them off. But, um, she had already committed the murders. Um, let's see, they found her dead upstairs along with her 13-year-old son, Ethan Kane, and her 74-year-old father, William Felton, who lived with them. Um, her daughter, Samantha Kane, who is 20, was critically hurt and remains in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Um, and then uh, her husband, Stephen Kane, was found dead on the couch downstairs. And they believe that he was the first murdered. So, I mean, it's also looked at because, like she said on the phone, okay, everything's going to be packed up. Everything's fine. We're good. We're, we have a place to go. But it looks like nothing was packed. It looked like nothing was prepared, which is kind of insinuated then that uh, Teresa knew, like, what she was going to do once this happened. Um, I believe they were they were from Connecticut and they moved to this like I think it's like a a big estate kind of thing. It, it was a nice it's a nice home, um, but sadly you know it's a situation where they just couldn't afford it, and um, yeah three acre property, um, but um, they had moved from Connecticut nearly eight years ago, but. I think she just suffered in this situation in silence. And um, sadly, she's kind of went into this like family annihilator mode. Um, and I, I don't want to do the thing. Obviously, podcasters are going to fucking do this kind of shit where since it's so timely to just compare it to the Murdoch situation. Um, I think there's just sometimes this weird lizard brain thing that can happen. And usually you see it in men, but in the situation, it was a woman where. There's a snapping and, you know, she got this phone call that the eviction was up and the time and time's up. And instead of just saying, okay, uh, I'm going to let this happen, she snapped and, um, you know, definitely did the wrong thing. Um, it's a shame, but uh, I know they're doing a GoFundMe. I think there might be a link in this article if you would like to go find that for um, Samantha Kane. Um, so yeah, I mean, sadly, I did 
definitely didn't want to end on a sour dour note but that happens sometimes um but thank you so much for listening if you've tuned in you know i definitely still love the clickers who just tune in just for support say hey i i did it man i got you that view i shoot that means everything honestly that's that's dope but i also appreciate the people who um you know they they hang out for the whole ride i I, like you you're the best you're so cool Um, if you'd like to crank up your support and become a newsy, that's a thing. That's an option. Uh, patreon.com slash Isaiah news. Um, you can become a newsy and that gets you bonus episode content. I do an extra episode, um, every week. And then also there's a fast link. I call it to the discord. Granted discord is free. You can actually get on there. If you just want to ask me for the link, uh, find me on socials. I'll ship it to you. Um, but yeah, we, you know, talk about food, talk about news, talk about whatever. Um, also, you can, you know, being a newsie gets you a shout out once a month. Um, you can plug something once a month too. So, you know, that's a thing. We do that. Credit to you. Um, but free ways to hit me up, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. And then as well, you can find me. You can find me. Uh, I don't know. That, that was terrible. Uh, on Facebook and Twitter, usually and uh yeah feel free to chit chat whatever give me some feedback yeah um also you can comment on the youtube you can uh comment on the instagram page you know the pictures whatever yeah that's cool sweet um hopefully i see you soon for some more good news i love you bye